This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with the Bruce Marshall, the world traveling Bruce Marshall, as we break down these bowl games. And uh, Bruce, uh, the information has proven to be valuable so far in these bowl games. Um, you know, these these teams that are covering that have uh, you know the roster advantages that don't have as many as many opt outs. Uh, they're, they're even covering the line movements, the closing line movements uh, that are uh, going against them. It's, uh, it's, been, uh, it's been an information-based start to the bowl season. It has, Jimmy. And, and, and some of these teams, I mean, taking these games a little bit more seriously. And uh, there's so many different factors coming in here. And it, it doesn't always play out that way uh, in, in the bowl season, but it has thus far. And, uh, I think there might be a couple more of those coming up here. So, uh, let's see if that continues for the next week. All right. So this is the Van Trees bowl. That's right. Kyle Van Trees, the, the Buffalo quarterback for a couple of years, he goes to Georgia Southern and, uh, there you go in the Camellia bowl, Georgia Southern completely flipping, uh, their offensive system. How, uh, multiple coaches, including Willie Fritz, uh, maintain that, that, you know, that triple option, but they got away from it, and Helton went to full-blown spread passing attack, and Vantrese benefited. Georgia Southern, 3.5 and 66.5 over Buffalo in the Camellia Bowl. Yeah, and you can look at Vantrese. So this is interesting here because, like you mentioned, he comes from Buffalo, transferred down to Georgia Southern. And and Clay Helton, I've got a little bit more respect for Helton now than I, <laughs> I did at USC, I think. A lot of people liked him there. But what he's done with this offense, and like you said, complete turnover there from last year and, and the option stuff they've been running for years. And, uh, I mean, I mean, go back as far – I mean, Paul Johnson was at Georgia Southern at one point. Uh, so, I mean, they've been doing that for a long time. Helton came in and flipped the script. And Ventrice, who, who, who had put up some okay numbers at Buffalo in the past – but he comes in here to Helton's offense, and uh, you know he throws for over uh, over three thousand yards, twenty five TDs. I mean, he puts up numbers, you know, almost as much as he had the previous couple of years combined at Buffalo. So, obviously, this offense worked pretty well for uh, Georgia Southern. Uplifting win at Nebraska in September uh, didn't quite work out in league play like they wanted. But here's a chance really to see if the Sun Belt is as good as we think. And uh, the Sun Belt has made made a mark here in recent years. And Georgia Southern, one of those teams with a nice upset win in non-conference play. We'll see about Buffalo coming in here. I was a little disappointed in Buffalo at the end of the year. You know, this is a team that was a real roller coaster. Jimmy, we talked about this some on the podcast this season as well as on the radio. At, there were times this year when I was really on Buffalo, and so were you in the middle yeah. of the season. They ran off that five-game win streak. Now, we talked about Buffalo's predicament before the season and why this thing may have been a little better this year than a year before. Mo Linguist came in late last year uh, after Lance Leopold left at the end of April after spring practice 
uh, the previous year. And Lingus comes in off, after being hired at Michigan on Harbaugh's staff. Then Buffalo hired him to be the head coach and uh, bringing in new staff. And also it was a difficult transition last year for Buffalo. They seem to be a little bit more settled this year. Uh, Snyder, the quarterback transfer from Rutgers, uh, the, the portal is made for a kid like this because he gets a chance to play, put up some generally good numbers. And like we said, they played very well in the middle of the season. Um, and the end of the year, though, it was a little hairy for them. They started to stop covering games there in November. They needed that win over Akron at the end just to get bowl eligible here at six and six. They've got some running backs. I'm not sure all are going to be available. Washington, though, Mike Washington will be available. Uh, it's a pretty good balanced attack, but I kind of like what Helton did this year. And uh, Georgia Southern looks to me like one of those teams that might be able to come out firing here in the bowl. So I'm going to lean a little bit to the Eagles here. Maybe even over. That's a little high total there. But I can see this game being played you know, well into the 30s. And with Georgia Southern doing most of the scoring. So let's take Clay Hilton in this one uh, against Buffalo. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Bruce. Um, I'm I'm more impressed with the job that Kim Hilton is doing at Georgia Southern than what he did at USC. Absolutely. And, um, I mean, you could even make a case for Jim Moore Jr. Uh, and what he's doing at uh, at UConn in some of these uh, these lesser resource uh, programs, less lower resource, lower expectation programs. So uh, everybody has their fit. I mean, uh, you know, our buddy that we just lost, uh, Mike Leach. I mean, who could have gone to Pullman, Lubbock, and Starkville and done what he's done? I mean, um, I'm not sure that Nick Saban could, to be quite honest. I mean, he he likes a loaded deck, but then again, some coaches do better at the lower resource, lower expectation programs than the higher resource, higher expectation programs. I, I like this Georgia Southern team. I'm with you as well. I think they're pretty excited uh, to be in this one. And, man, they they started out with a bang. I mean, when they scored 45 at, at Lincoln and knocked them off, uh, that was kind of an, an eye-opening victory early on. All right, so uh, move on to the first response bowl. Memphis uh, is 7.5 and 60.5 and over at Utah State. Utah State little bit of a knockdown from the uh, from last year's uh, Mountain West Conference Championship team but they here they are again in the bowl game against the Memphis Tigers yeah got back to a bowl give Blake Anderson some credit uh, Jimmy there was a time this year end of September we didn't think Utah State was going to get to a bowl remember they struggled in that first game against UConn and then they really had problems the rest uh, into September that was a week zero game against UConn <clears throat> then cover and they couldn't cover any games in, the, in September there and Finally, around October, they started to turn things around. A little bit of a surprise because the quarterback that Anderson brought with him from Arkansas State, uh, Logan Bonner, got uh, got hurt at the end of uh, September. And remember, this was a, a team that really overachieved last year. Ended up winning the Mountain West, ended up beating Oregon State in the L.A. Bowl. So a lot expected this year for Utah State. And they kind of fell off the map early. But Anderson put things together, a nice win streak there in October. Uh, Cooper Ligas, the backup quarterback, did not put up big numbers, but until later in the season, he started to throw the ball a little bit better uh, and averaged about 260 yards passing his last three games. So he gave them a serviceable passing element there. This is a better team than it was early in the season. Memphis is the one that's got me a bit confused here. Ryan Silverfield walking the tightrope there. Good thing he got bowl eligible. I'm not sure he would have survived if he didn't. And this is a program with a lot of resources there for its level and uh, keeps thinking it can move up to the next uh, level. I, I, we keep hearing there's a lot of coaches who would be interested in this job if it, if it opened up. So, and, and they have won as recently as a few years ago with Mike Norvell all the way into the, uh, into the major bowls there in the group of six, and they got into the Cotton Bowl a couple of years ago. This is the eye test. 
And and Memphis always passes the eye test this year because Seth Hannigan is a real quarterback, and uh, he can whip the ball around the yard. And, and and you watch Memphis at times this year. I saw him once in person. They looked really good. The Tulsa game, um, you know, they they look good. They came in four and one after the first month. Looked like things were going well. They blew those games there against Houston and East Carolina. Also blew that game against SMU. By the way, at this same field. Uh, in Dallas uh, at the same stadium at the end of the regular season. So they're 6-6, six and six, but this could easily be a 9-3 and three sort of a team. What worries me for Utah State here is that their rush defense has been pretty yielding all season long, uh, allowing about 200 yards per game on the ground. Memphis is, is not a run-first team for sure with Hennigan, but you give him a little bit more of a diversion, and I think they're going to be able to run fairly effectively here. I think this offense can hum. And I usually don't do this based upon eye test, but I've watched these teams this season, and Memphis just looks better to me. And from what we hear, uh, they're pretty excited to play in the bowl, although you know sometimes those reports are off the mark. But um, I, I think if they show up, they're just better than Utah State, and they will win. So reluctantly, I'm sort of leading to Memphis in this one. Not my favorite bowl call here, but... If they show up and they play the way they have, I'm just not sure Utah State was that good. One other caution here. Mountain West team's been faring, faring pretty well in bowls. We mentioned Utah State last year, so I'm kind of going against that here. I just think Memphis is a better team. That's where we're going to go. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. Now, listen, they started off the season 4-1 and one, um, and lost to Mississippi State at Starkville and then won four games that they should win. Okay, so exactly where they're supposed to be at that. Keep in mind, when we did our uh, American preview, I bet them under – under seven and a half. They finished six and six, and I thought I got to cut some breaks. Four and one on Houston on Friday night. It's complete collapse. That Houston needed a an onside kick, the whole shebang. I mean, it was what, a nineteen point deficit with like five minutes to go. They yeah. lose that by one point. They go to East Carolina and lose in overtime forty seven uh, to forty five. That was a crazy game. Felt next they go to Yeoman to play two lane. Yeah, thirty five nothing. 38-28, and they've got the ball first to go at the six-yard line. They throw an yes. interception at the end there, or they're backdoor covering that one. They lost by one score to Central Florida. They lost again at the end of the year by three points to SMU. These are good teams in the American. And yeah. they right there, and, I mean, it. they lost all five of these 50-50 type of games, Bruce. So, yeah. I mean, it's just they should have they should have a better record. I should have gotten much more of a sweat on my under because I was maybe looking at – Okay, this has been a, a a launch point, you know, for uh, a lot of good jobs for guys. So multiple coaches have shown they can win at Memphis. Yeah, I think this is just a they're slotted down because they lost all those five games, slotted a little bit lower, and that's why they're a seven and a half point favorite here. Yeah, and like I said, the eye test they they pass it. Hennigan is a good quarterback. I mean, he I mean he may have a, a future at the next level. And I think that gives them an edge. I mean, when Ligas came in for Bonner, I mean, Utah State just, you know, they, they sort of scrapped their way to, to some of these wins. Uh, point out, too, I mean, uh, Blake Anderson coached in the region. He coached against Memphis a couple of years ago when he was at Arkansas State, which is not far from Memphis. So he's pretty familiar with, with the whole Memphis program and all that. But, uh, like you said, Memphis should, be, should have been better than 6-6. Six and six. This is an 8-4 and or 9-3 and three team, I thought. And let's see if they can redeem themselves in the bowl. All right, uh, Bruce, we uh, both on Memphis there. 
All right, uh, let's go to the Birmingham Bowl. East Carolina, uh, we just talked about with them. They went toe-to-toe with Memphis 7-5 and five this year, East Carolina, and they started out with a tough loss to NC State, if you remember that. 7-64.5 uh, and and against Coastal Carolina. Coastal finishes 9-3. and three. They lose in the uh, Sun Belt Championship game against uh, <clears throat> uh, against Troy, Troy, and that was finally their quarterback, Grayson McCall, did finally come back for that one, but... He didn't seem uh, 100%, and he was a game-time decision. He did go. They got their doors blown off. All kinds of moving parts, including the coach here for Coastal Carolina after a real Cinderella run. Uh, East Carolina, again, 7 and 64 and a half. Yeah, I think the, the, the value has gone out of Coastal Carolina here, uh, and it, it went out sometime uh, you know, last year. They haven't been covering point spreads uh, lately. They did not uh, cover the spread in the, uh, in the bowl game against Northern Illinois last year. And uh, it just seems like the numbers sort of caught up with Coastal. You mentioned some of the, the upheaval going on there. Now, McCall has put his name in the portal, but he's apparently going to play in this game. And, and you're right, he didn't close the season all that great. Now, he will be an interesting guy to watch in the portal because I think we've seen the last couple of years he can play. Not sure what sort of McCall we're going to get here. You also mentioned Jamie Chadwell. He has moved on to Liberty. So uh, the defensive coordinator, Chad Staggs, is going to be coaching this game. They've hired Tim Beck from uh, NC State off of Dave Doran's staff, the offensive coordinator there, comes in next year. So they're sort of in between here, twixt in between. There's some interesting angles here with uh, with Coastal that don't necessarily paint a, a positive picture. Plus, talking to people back there, they're, ju- they're just not sure you know where the, the program's at right now. It, it seemed to have peaked and lost a little bit of momentum, and this is a very tricky test, they think. On the other hand, we're getting some pretty good reports from East Carolina that the Pirates are very, very excited about this game. Part of it uh, Jimmy, last year they were supposed to play a game, the game in Annapolis against Boston College. That was one of those many bowls that got canceled because of the COVID last year. That was going to be a celebration a year ago for the resurrection job Mike Houston has done here at uh, at Greenville. Remember, we, we, we've talked about East Carolina before, uh, the good point spread value they have provided. Houston, this is really a nice job he's done. Came in from James Madison a couple of years ago. This program was really struggling and slowly but surely he's put he's built them back up a lot of it behind Holt Naylor's the quarterback I call him sort of a poor man's Tebow because he plays sort of the same way big guy he can run lefty um, and he's won a lot of games for them the last couple of years Uh, so and they've been pretty good point spread value too Um, I think this is a spot East Carolina if they're as ready as what we're hearing and and these reports are bearing out pretty well thus far in the postseason as you mentioned at the outset of the segment Jimmy Uh, I think East Carolina's this is one of those spots where the angles seem to pile up on the pirate side here and I think they can win this game handily so uh, let's give East Carolina a shot I'll gladly lay the seven coastal is not what it was before so let's take East Carolina I agree I agree um and, and like you said, when they had a high-profile game, and that was like the game of the year, the COVID year, was when Coastal hosted BYU on short notice. They stop them. Uh, Zach Wilson and the uh, the Cougars just before the goal line. It was kind of – it was the big story. And I think that people got so used to just Coastal, betting on Coastal, betting on Coastal, that they – they they we their preview, they lost everybody but McCall. I mean, everybody. And so for them to still go 9-3 and three was – it's pretty impressive, but kind of doing it a little bit with smoke and mirrors because Troy, I mean, it was no contest uh, in that uh, in that conference championship game. All right, a couple of Power Five uh, teams in this one. 
Wisconsin out of the Big Ten and Oklahoma State out of the Big 12. Wisconsin 6-6, six six, fired their coach midseason, Jim Leonard. We thought he really was going to get strong consideration uh, as the permanent coach. It did not go that way. They bring in Luke Fickle uh, from Cincinnati, Oklahoma State. How excited are they to be here? we got to check with them. Is Sanders, their quarterback, opting out? He's got, what, 50 more starts left in his eligibility? I, I, I don't know, but he may be leaving. And they also, remember they had that um, – a dramatic uh, come-from-behind win the bowl game last year in a Fiesta Bowl against Notre Dame. So Wisconsin at 6-6, six and 3.5 six, and, and 44.5 and over Oklahoma State, who comes into this one 7-5. Yeah, this, this is one of these. This reminds me of an NFL preseason game the last week of preseason because there have been so many opt-outs both ways. Uh, both quarterbacks, we'll get to them in a second here, but other players too, key players too, opting out left and right. Then you got the coaching change on the Wisconsin side. And oddly here, uh, Luke Fickle comes in. He is actually going to coach this bowl game, though he, he claims he's going to be just more of a figurehead, sort of just being there. Jim Leonard is still on staff and apparently will sort of be running the show in the bowl game here, though we'll see how that works out. I agree with you, Jimmy. I, 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 thought, I thought Wisconsin wanted Leonard to do a little bit better. They were going to give him every yep. chance to get this job. And they probably would have needed a win or two more, but they just couldn't get it. They couldn't get over the hump. Fickle was available. We'll see how this this move works out down the road. But this is a little bit odd. You usually don't see these new coaches coming in. I think Brian Kelly may have done that when he went to Cincinnati uh, and, 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 and coached the bowl game after being hired for just a couple of weeks. But this is sort of an odd thing. My problem here, and in a game like this with so many key guys out, and I'm not sure that that the records during the year and, and, and what you want to make of that, except the fact Oklahoma State definitely did not play as well the second half of the season. I think their whole year sort of turned around. In the second half and fourth quarter in particular, that game in mid-October against TCU, uh, they blew the lead, lost that game, and they never were quite the same after that. Really got their doors blown off by Kansas State. Sanders got hurt. Uh, Gundy had to start using his backup quarterbacks, including his son, Neither one played all yeah. that well. Um, and from what we hear, um, you know, from where people back there around Stillwater, you know, the, the mood's not all that great. And uh, Gundy has not uh, been able to rally the troops. This is not last year's team. For sure, it's not last year's team. And with Sanders out, uh, like I said, the backups wrangle and, and uh, Gunnar Gundy, uh, Gunnar Gundy have not fared that well in, 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 uh, in, in his, in his uh, replacement there. Same thing goes for Wisconsin, though. Graham Mertz is out, went in the portal. They're looking at uh, a couple of quarterbacks who have not taken many snaps this year. Uh, there are there are guys out, both sides, key guys. Uh, also, the top rusher at uh, Oklahoma State is out, Richardson. Lots of key players on both sides. I'm going to go on this one just on, on more scouting reports from our people close to the scenes there that – Wisconsin, there's a, there's a little bit of an uplift there. It's a little bit mixed up the way the coaching situation is there. But they seem to, to feel a positive vibe there in the bowl game. And Fickle has come in, and they think they'll show pretty well. The Oklahoma State people we talked to just don't know what sort of an effort we're going to get. And we didn't see good efforts from Oklahoma State down the stretch. And we know without Sanders, this is not the same team. Weak vote here for Wisconsin. I might actually look under here a little bit just because I'm not sure how much uh, the offenses are going to be able to do. But this is a very tricky bowl game because a lot of the guys are out both ways, the coaching change and all. Hmm. This is an interesting one. Uh, Oklahoma State was definitely an under team when uh, when yeah. uh, Sanders was out uh, this year. Yeah. I mean, it really slowed down. So, uh, you know, not, uh, not the strongest, but uh, a lean toward Wisconsin, a lean toward the under 
uh, in the guaranteed rate bowl. All right, East Carolina, minus a seven. Memphis, minus seven and a half. And Georgia Southern, minus three and a half. All of those numbers available right now at Bet Rivers. And I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'm stuck on that Wisconsin-Oklahoma State game. Like like you said too, Bruce, um, you know, New Year's, New Year's Day Bowl, oh, uh, Notre Dame Bowl to this, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to be real excited. But, man, you are down through the depth chart. And this one, this one is really affected uh, by the uh, opt-outs and transfer portal. So, Wisconsin under slightest of leans there. East Carolina, Memphis, and Georgia Southern. For Bruce Marshall, the world-traveling Bruce Marshall. I'm Jimmy Ott here in the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.